Hello, and welcome to Zoom with Zarni. I'm Dustin Zarni, Democratic Elections Commissioner for Onondaga County. And today, for my interview, I have Senator Rachel May. Uh, she is currently the Senator for the 53rd Senate District, but is going to be running for the 48th Senate District because of redistricting. We talk a lot about her work uh, in the first now uh, you know, two terms that she's had and uh, the next term that she's uh, trying to, uh, to win here, how the redistricting has ping-ponged her back and forth over Onondaga County, um, her work as a, an environmentalist and on the elections committee, uh, and all of the things that she's hoping to do if she wins another term. It was a great conversation, and I hope you stick around for it. Uh, we are now starting to get right into the August 23rd primary, uh, which is in Onondaga County, mostly the congressional primary, uh, Democratic and Republican. Um, absentee ballots have already started to go out. Uh, if you're interested in one, you can contact us at onvote.net and apply, or give us a call at 315-435-VOTE and we can walk you through the application process so we can get an absentee ballot out to you. Uh, early voting is starts August 13th, and of course, the primary is August 23rd. So uh, if you need any information about that, go to our website, onvote.net. Uh, that's the Onondaga County Board of Elections website. Or uh, stay tuned and, to these podcasts. We can walk you through it. On Monday, I'll be doing a commissioner in a car, uh, doing all the highlights of the, um, the primary uh, for August 23rd, including all the deadlines which is also next week is the registration deadline. So if you wanna change your party, change your address or uh, enroll for the first time, now's the time to do that as well. Again, all this information can be found at onvote.net. And I hope that you will not only register and get a ballot, but also participate in the August 23rd primary. So that being said, please stay tuned for my interview with Senator Rachel May, uh, who, will be running for the Senate District 48, which is all of Syracuse, the Southern and Western towns of Onondaga County and all of Cuyahoga County. Enjoy the interview. Bye-bye. And we're back. And I'm very happy to have my good friend, Senator Rachel May. Uh, she represents, well, she, she represents right now SD 53, but will be running for the new Senate District, SD48. Uh, Senator May, thank you so much for coming back on Zoom with Zarni. My pleasure. Great to be here, Dustin. So, you know, before we get into the redistricting and legislation, I think, you know, we talk at least once a year, but there's always people that are watching that maybe haven't, uh, you know, tuned into you or before or you or now that you are going to represent <laughs> that you maybe haven't represented before. So uh, give us a little bit about your background. Uh, you know, what, what did you do before the Senate and why did you decide to run for the Senate seat? Right. So I ran in 2018. I had never run for office before. I was for a long time. I was a college professor of Russian language and literature. And then from starting in about 20, 2003, I was the director of sustainability education at Syracuse University. So I worked in environmental sustainability um, both teaching and helping people do research and collaboration of various kinds. So 
Uh, I was frustrated in 2018. I was frustrated that we lived in a blue state that should have been able to push back against a lot of the policies of the Trump administration, but the state Senate was controlled by Republicans and we couldn't pass anything. We couldn't get early voting. We couldn't get a Reproductive Health Act passed. So I ran against our state senator because I was frustrated that, that he was helping make sure Republicans were in charge. Right. And, and now you're in your you're you're in your second term. You're running for a third term. You won re-election uh, pretty handily in 2020. Um, and, but we are uh, now going into redistricting. I mean, that's what happens every 10 years. This has been a kind of the focus of this podcast for this year as well. And uh, you you and Senator Mannion had probably the most yo-yo effect of any senator's uh, in the state when it came to uh, redistricting. So um, you're kind of representing almost, you know, half of your district is in area wise is new to you. What was that like? What was it like to go through that? So the districts that we voted on in the winter were um, not that different from the district I have now, except that it extended all the way to Utica and all the way to Cortland. So I spent a lot of time in the winter getting to know people in Utica and Cortland, traveling to those cities and really trying to lay the groundwork for running there. And then all of a sudden I woke up one morning and that entire area was out of my district, uh, including, I would say it's about 75% by area of the district that I have now is gone from my district. And I picked up Southern and Western Onondaga County and all of Cayuga County, which is a lot of territory. So, you know, I'm excited about this new district, but there were a few weeks in there where it was just frustrating. I, I, I put all this time into running in a completely different district. And now I have to introduce myself to a lot of new people and a lot of new communities. So, uh, I'm realizing as I do that, that this is a perfect district for me because I had been positioning myself anyway to really be the person defending our freshwater resources. That's, that is a lot of legislation that I've introduced for next year. A lot of the issues that I was kind of focusing on had to do with recognizing that upstate New York has some of the most remarkable freshwater resources in the world and people as other parts of the world are drying up people are going to start moving here and we need to be prepared to to have good stewardship of our of our watershed so i was already doing that and now all of a sudden i have four finger lakes in my district and a piece of the um, lake ontario shoreline and so to be the freshwater senator in this district is kind of the perfect thing. And, and I'm finding it's the first thing on the minds of people any, who live anywhere near those lakes. And that is fortuitous because I know that, uh, you know, environmental, uh, you know, uh, environmental issues, especially freshwater has been something that we've talked about in the past and is very important to you. But you didn't kind of mention about how like you woke up one morning and, and, and things change. And I don't think people realize that you know that your district was always going east you know out of onondaga county into madison into oneida county in almost every version of the map you know whether it's the map that 
the legislature uh, passed or the first map that the, the draft map that the special master put in and really it was not until the final final map that became law within one day <laughs> that all of a sudden you yo-yoed and, uh, and and went west and in Cayuga County um, and only in a redistrict year, year can you do that and I think maybe only in this year uh, can we see this happen so that but it, it's you know, I know that uh, you've uh, you and Senator Mannion have a have a good relationship, and a lot of what he used to cover, you now cover. Have right. you been able to work together on that? Uh, you know, to 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 share resources there. Yeah, he's been helpful, and I will say the really good work that he's done has been really helpful because everywhere I go, people say, you know, we're we really enjoyed having him as our senator, and we look forward to supporting you too. So I think because he he laid the groundwork, that's been that's been really helpful, um, and I hope we can do some of the same for him. Although he's got a lot of territory that I didn't have in his new district. Yeah, he ended up going north, and and that's a new territory for him, and uh, and it is not covered by you. But uh, right. uh, so let me say, well, so one of the hardest things about this is that when you're running for re-election, you you kind of think the main thing you do to run for re-election is you do a good job in your district, and people see you're doing a good job, and then they'll vote for you. And now that we are doing a good job in a different area of the state and running in a new part of the state, that's a little bit harder. Just, you know, letting people know, you know, we've been doing this for a time and we've been really working hard and doing a good job. We just, you just haven't seen us doing it yet. Well, that's a great segue because uh, let's talk about the good job that you've done over the last two terms. What are some of the things that you're very uh, proud of either last term or the term before, I'm, you, you have a lot of bills that you've uh, been able to get signed into law, but what are some of the things that you've, uh, you're, you're really proud that you were able to get through? So this past year, I was really focused as the chair of the Committee on Aging, I was really focused on the home care crisis in this state, which is ter terrible all over the country, but worse in New York State. And so many people who don't want to go into nursing homes, but they cannot find the people they need to help them do their activities of daily living that they need help with in their homes. So I started, I sponsored a bill to raise the wages of home care workers under Medicaid, and uh, it became just a massive movement. It was a beautiful thing, but people from all over the state going to their legislators, going to Albany, really raising awareness of what it means not to have those people coming in to care for you that you need. It means, you know, maybe that you can't get out of bed all day or you can't get to the bathroom or you don't get a hot meal or um, you don't take your medications. And it's a very, very serious issue. And so once we raised that awareness, we actually got into the budget a very significant raise for home care workers. I'm just incredibly proud of that. And it was a totally bipartisan bill. It was completely something that I think by the end, everybody in the whole state understood why this was important. So that was really important. And then in the very last minutes of the session, we were able to pass my Tenant Dignity and Safe Housing Act that I carried with uh, Bill Magnarelli. And that is um, 
that allows tenants who have really unsafe living conditions to bring a very simple action against their landlords to make sure that it gets fixed. And uh, either by withholding rent or getting a money judgment so that it so that the repairs happen. That's just for keeping people in their homes, for making sure we don't have these unsafe living conditions, for, um, for making sure that other landlords' reputations are preserved because there shouldn't be these terrible landlords leaving people in unsafe conditions. So that one I'm really proud of too. And then of course, the work that we did as a conference passing, for example, the Voting Rights Act, uh, the, all of the reproductive rights bills that we passed, um, both in advance of and in response to the, the Supreme Court decision on Roe versus Wade and, um, and also our responses to gun violence. I think we did a lot this, this session. Yeah, yeah that kind of leads me into my next se segment because I did want to talk about the extraordinary session that uh, that the Senate just had because that does not happen all that often. That's why it's called extraordinary. And um, in the wake of the Buffalo shooting and the disastrous Roe v. Wade decision, uh, the Assembly and Senate went back to work um, to pass even more legislation on those two issues. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about why was it so important to do this now and not wait until next year when the session comes back? And, and, and what, what did you get passed and how is it going to affect voters? So after the Buffalo shooting, we immediately acted to um, pass some tightened rules about uh, the, the weaponry and the, um, the body armor and also hate crimes in general and, and trying to make it harder for that kind of tragedy to happen again. Um, but then the Supreme Court overturned our concealed carry law in New York state. And, and as soon as that happened, people started rushing out to buy more weapons and you know planning to carry them wherever they wanted, which might be movie theaters or schools or the subway. And, and so we had to act because, because that just isn't safe. And honestly, New York has, I know that we, this isn't the perception, but the reality is the gun violence rate in New York per person is lower than almost every other state in the country. And it's partly because of the laws we had in place. And so we were very concerned that if too much time went by with that Supreme Court decision on the books and, and no response from us, that gun violence would go up to the levels that it is in the states that have extremely lax gun laws. And so we acted to, to uh, specify, as the Supreme Court had essentially told us to do, specify the places where we considered it too sensitive for uh, concealed carry to happen. And that was the, the primary thing that we did in in that bill that we passed at that point. And we also clarified language about about body armor and a number of other things. But I would say that was the main thing we did. And did you address, I, I mean, I know that there was some response to Roe v. Wade before, uh, you know, the session ended, but I, I there were, there was a constitutional amendment uh, passed. Is that correct? Uh, it's not going to be on the ballot. 
this year, but uh, that you started the process on that as well, right? Right. Well, when the draft decision was leaked, we immediately passed a number of, of laws to protect doctors who perform abortions on people who come here from out of state and to essentially make it make New York a state where people are safe coming to have an abortion. Um, we also, in the extraordinary session, and this was something I pushed very hard to have happen there because the, when the governor called the session, it was only about the gun issue. But I was one of quite a few people in the conference pushing very hard to vote on the Equal Rights Amendment, which we did. And this is something that has been on the books or on, on the table for years and years and years and never had really come up for a vote. And it took a lot of negotiating to get agreement between the assembly and the Senate and the executive. But in the end, we were able to include pregnancy and pregnancy outcomes among the protected um, classes in the, in the state constitution. Of course that we just passed it once, we have to pass it again in the next session and then the voters will have to ratify it. Right, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's uh, the beauty of the constitutional amendment process in New York. It's not, I mean, some people would say, you know, you don't, you can't be reactionary. You can't pass something right now and put it on the ballot. It's gotta to go to two separate elected legislatures. So you did it now and then you can do it sometime in the next legislature to put it on the ballot in either 23 or 24, although I will advocate for 24, uh, <laughs> because I think more people vote in, in 24, you know, we're going to have 80% turnout or something like that. Uh, I always find that constitutional amendments should be passed by the majority of voters, not just a small sample. And I think we learned that last, last year. But, but you also are- Let me just interrupt and say, the, the reality is if we had not brought that up in the in the special, in the extraordinary session, if we'd waited until January, then we would have had to wait another two years to pass it in the succeeding session. And so <laughs> it was really urgent that we get it on the ballot or that we, you know, bring it to the floor in July. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good point because the clock was ticking and we had to get it done. Um, so you're also a senior member of uh, the election committee and I've appeared before you several times. Uh, you've been on uh, the uh, election law committee since the Senate takeover of the Democrats in 2019. And of course our, you know, this election podcast is our, our electoral landscape has changed. And uh, we've done, you know, you've done a lot of work to, to make that happen, whether it's early voting or uh, expanding the use of early voting or funding elections, or now with this year, I think the big change is counting absentees. So we're no longer the last state in the union to certify our elections. Um, so, uh, you know, what's that been like with serving on the election committee during all of this change? It's been exciting. You know, it was one of the things that while Republicans were in control of the Senate, which they really effectively were for about 70 years, they had made sure we didn't do any of the, the uh, modernization of our election system that was happening in a lot of other states. And so um, we had a lot to catch up on and it's been pretty exciting to do that. I guess if I've had a focus, um, and it, it, I've supported all of that, but I would say one of my 
um, interest is in making sure that access to the ballot is, is easier, that it's easier to be a candidate, to get your name on the ballot and to, to run for office, because I think that's a critical part of our democracy too. If we make it, there obviously should be uh, hoops that you have to jump through, but they shouldn't be insurmountable. And so, um, you know, I've, I've worked on that side of things as well. Definitely. The Senate is a little bit ahead of the assembly on uh, some of these things. And uh, there was a host of bills that you passed to make election administration not only easier and give more resources, but also hold us accountable as well. And uh, that is, uh, uh, my dog is uh, saying that he's in favor of those bills too. Uh, but, the, the, um, but yeah, so uh, that's, those were important as well. So but you are running for a third term. And uh, what are some of the bills that you're hopeful that uh, you can uh, either get over the finish line or start work on uh, if the voters return you to Albany, uh, when the voters return you to Albany uh, next year? Um, yeah, so I would say I'm, I really want to focus on a lot of my environmental interests because uh, for some of the reasons I mentioned before that I think this region is going to be one of the gems of the world in terms of our, our environmental quality here and we need to protect that. But also because this is a lot of my background, I have a degree in environmental science and I worked uh, at Syracuse University, but I also was on the board of our waste management agency of Okra and um, so I have bills for extended producer responsibility and for expanding the bottle bill. And both of these are potentially huge waste reduction issues. So I was talking to somebody who's on the Climate Action Council that's implementing our climate bill that we passed in my first year in office. And he was saying when they started out, they thought the top issues were transportation and buildings and energy production, but little by little waste moved up to one of the top spots for them that they realized that the waste we produce is a huge, huge climate issue. So I'm proud of that. Those two bills are flagship bills that I will have. Um, the also, I also have a new bill called Public Water, Public Justice that is about uh, reining in some of the efforts to privatize our, our water supplies and for example, build bottle, water bottling facilities and sell public water at a profit. I think we need to be careful about how we're using our water and make sure that we are doing it in a way that protects our water supply moving forward. And so that's another one that, that I'm pretty proud of and hope that we'll be able to move next year. Yeah, great. <laughs> There's a lot on your agenda uh, and uh, I'm sure uh, the new voters and your old voters, uh, you're, you're going, are going to uh, see that the work that you've already done and, and, and the work you want to do and the thoughts that you put into it. And I know you are incredibly busy. I see you all the time on social media, going to every event you can. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm a constituent, so I get to say thank you. It's a constituent. My cat, my cat agrees with you. Your cat agrees. See, we got, you know, <laughs> We got bipartisan agreement here. Dogs and cats are getting along on this podcast, and that's that's important. So I always like to uh, close um, with uh, what haven't we talked about? So 
what what haven't we been able to touch on uh, during this podcast that uh, maybe that uh, you wanted to highlight either something you did, something you want to do, or an important issue that you feel is uh, something that you want the voters to keep in mind when they go to the polls this fall? So something I think we don't talk enough about is the arts and the importance of the arts, not just in making our lives richer, but in uh, enhancing our whole regional economy. So um, I am working on, I have worked very hard to get money in the budget for some of our arts organizations locally and statewide for the, for the Council of the Arts. But I also try really hard to lift up arts organizations and make sure that people understand that when we're talking about economic development, when we're talking about education, when we're talking about quality of life, when we're talking about um, trying to market our region as a place people might wanna live, the arts are very important in all of this. And I, I would love it if we could talk about that more because I think we don't do enough of it. I have a bill, for example, to require um, schools to offer music education. We don't, it isn't on the books in New York State, but I know for me and for my daughter, our, the music that we learned in school stays with us for our whole lives. You know, this is the kind of education that really has an impact on us for, for decades and decades. And so I do think lifting up the arts in every way we can is something we should talk about more. Well, Senator May, it's always a pleasure uh, to speak with you. I know you got a busy schedule, but before we go, where can people find you? Uh, I know you're on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, what, do you have a website? My campaign website is rachelmay.org. And of course, my Senate website is. Uh, <laughs> well, they can go to the Senate yeah. website. And, they can and, find and, it. Right, they can find <laughs> it. Yeah, if you, if you Google Senator Rachel May, you're going to find her Senate website. That's right. New but York if you want to help out her campaign, go to rachelmay.org is the most important thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, you don't have a primary on August 23rd. Um, and so that's good, <laughs> but uh, it, it's one brief, uh, uh, you know, respite from this crazy uh, election window here that we have. But I want to thank you for coming on and thank you again for being my senator and uh, representing Central New York. Thank you, Dustin. And I do encourage people with any kind of support. If you want a lawn sign, if you want to volunteer, if you want to donate, we're always happy for all of that. It's a heavy lift this year to run in the new district. So thank you so much. This has been really fun. And that was uh, Senator Rachel May. Uh, she uh, is running for Senate District 48, which includes all of Syracuse, all of Auburn, uh, a good portion of Cuyahoga County, and the southern half uh, and, and western uh, towns in Onondaga County. Uh, find her at uh, rachelmay.org or on Twitter or on Facebook as well. Uh, next week, I'll be sitting down with Assemblyman Bill Magnarelli, who's running for re-election in the 129th, I think, Assembly District. I, I, I'm pretty sure I got that right. Uh, and uh, uh, and, and uh, he'll, we'll be talking about many of the same things on the Assembly side uh, that we talked about the last two weeks with the Senators uh, Mannion and May. And please remember that even though it's summer and even though the world is opening up again, the virus um, is still out there. Uh, and while uh, 
our numbers here in Onondaga County have not ticked up to the where we saw last summer, please be mindful of your symptoms. Get tested if you feel sick. Isolate yourself if you are sick. And consider wearing masks if you're not sure, especially indoors, as this new BA5 variant is making its way uh, across New York and uh, many people are, are, uh, are contracting the virus, uh, although milder, milder versions, uh, because they are uh, so well vaccinated. And if you have not gotten vaccinated, please do so and get your booster shot or your second booster if you're eligible. That's how we continue to fight this virus and make sure that uh, you are uh, safe and sound. And of course, remember the August 23rd primary is coming up. We have a congressional primary here in Onondaga County for Democrats. Uh, you can go to onvote.net to get an absentee ballot uh, or plan to early vote or election day vote. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.